Welcome to Fashion Designers Get Paid, a podcast for burnt out fashion designers who want to ditch the toxic rat race, say bye-bye to backstabbing bosses, and work with brands who value and respect them. I'm your host, Heidi, and I believe that you can do things differently in your fashion career. Because the truth is, most industry jobs will underpay and overwork you, and having your own brand is far from profitable. Let's also be honest, most of them fail. So if you actually want to, well, be a fashion designer and get paid, the best way to do it is as a freelancer. Now, maybe you've been told that brands don't accept remote freelancers or that freelancing means being an exploited temp employee working full-time without benefits. Or to work freelance, you have to be a rock star expert with all the skills from design through development. I'm going to show you that it is possible to be a real freelancer in fashion, work remotely with brands you love, and make money, even if you're terrified you don't have all the answers. You got this, and I'm here to help you do it. In this episode, I'm chatting with Ted Griffith, who started his fashion brand, Sexy Ted, as a one-person show. After getting burned by a factory, he realized he needed help. So he hired a freelance fashion designer. Massive shout out to my fast grad, Crystal Lewis, who is the freelancer that Ted raves about throughout this whole episode. He hired a freelance pattern maker and more. Ted shares his experience working with freelancers, both the good and the bad. And there were two things that he highlighted as essential for any good freelancer. First is communication. And second is presenting yourself as a problem solver, a solution. As we talked about in depth, you're not just providing a tech pack with specs and construction costs and fabric details. You're providing a solution to the brand, helping them make sure that the idea in their head is what they actually get from the factory. Ted also explained how he connected with his freelance fashion designer, Crystal, through the freight forwarder company, Silk. Dear listener, this is a great strategy that you can use to connect with other companies in the industry who can essentially funnel clients to you. You're going to love this episode. Let's get to it. Hey, real quick, before we jump into the episode, if you're sick of being tied to a desk and want more freedom in your day, I want to help you. Snag my free limited time training, How to Freelance in Fashion, even if you're terrified you don't have all the answers, to learn my five-step freelancing framework so you can work for yourself in fashion and get paid. Get instant access at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it in the show notes. All right, now let's get started. Uh, Ted, welcome. Please let everybody know who you are and what you do in fashion. Sure. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, I am, I guess, an accidental fashion entrepreneur. <laughs> I, um, my prior experience before starting a clothing line was wearing clothes. Okay. Um, so that was a very broad, deep background that really didn't help me a whole <laughs> lot starting off, uh, hence why I had to end up hiring freelancers. Uh, my brand is, is really around uh, athletic wear predominantly for people who play racket sports. My background is playing squash and I travel around the country doing that. And a lot of the clubs that I play at have somewhat restrictive dress codes, usually predominantly white or all white or some variation thereof of that kind of old school clubs. And a lot of the stuff was kind of a, well, we had a blue shirt with a pattern let's just make it white. And there you go. And that's kind of all you you got. And so I was like, we can do a little better. And I sold my previous business in the environmental space. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something that makes me happy and at least have a new challenge. And so I decided to start start the brand Sexy Ted. And so uh, the nickname is something that I'd already had for 
it's coming up now on a decade. And yeah, what, I read the backstory on your site. <laughs> yeah, you know, people have been calling me that for a long time, and I already naturally travel, and people seem to like me. So I was like, well, yeah. if I can just make the stuff, you know, yeah. maybe there's a market. And I, I figured at worst, you know what, I will be my own best customer because I need this stuff anyways. Yeah. So, um. So that is is kind of how we got started. That was uh, the end of. 2021. Um, okay, I was going to ask. So we're recording now in middle of 2023. So it's been like a year and a half only. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. And so it's it's something where you know I am I'm personally funding and and backing it. Um, and so it's definitely you know a bootstrapped affair. Yeah. You know this is not a you know millions of dollars of VC money <laughs> behind it. <laughs> um, and so it's been a, a learning curve and trying to sort of dip my toe in and find people who are willing to work with a smaller entrepreneur, you know, I'd, yeah. you know you're looking at the entire company and then some. Um, so <laughs> it's been, you know, a godsend to find people like Crystal and others who have been able to help augment my team and, and really teach and help me grow from my very limited knowledge base. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you work with Crystal Lewis, who's one of my students in my freelance accelerator program. Um, she's phenomenal. As I said earlier, she's spoken very highly of you. Um, talk to us a little bit about like that whole process of finding those first freelancers or like getting things off the ground to begin with. What did that look like? Where were you at? Yeah. So kind of, kind of like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Some could, <laughs> some could argue I'm still, you know, I'm less blind, but still sort of blind. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of it was was kind of uh, luck initially. So before I even got to Crystal, um, I was, you know, having a, a chat with a friend about, hey, I'm launching this clothing line. And so he actually connected me with a factory owner who happened to live in Atlanta oh, okay. at a factory in Mexico. And so that's where I initially started. Okay. It's a little bit different. You know, they, she would basically help me kind of design stuff, but there weren't really tech packs it's kind of like hey bring in this shirt tell me what you want yeah. and they would go they would go make that and so initially that kind of that that worked for me um but eventually you know there were issues around some of the timing and you know quantity and scale um that broke down so then fast forward to a different friend at another time um I was talking to them about well I have this and you know I'm trying to figure out how to get different products and they mentioned a company called Silk and for those who aren't familiar so Silk is a group of people out of um, the company Flexport a big freight forwarder and so they do two really valuable things for me which I think for those listening would probably be valuable for you and or your clients so one they handle all the logistics of getting stuff from one side of the world to the other side of the mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. um, and that certainly is important. Um, that is a little bit more of a commodity, but what they also do is they do uh, factory inspections. So uh, pre inline and post inspections and in a way that's affordable mm. through, through them. Initially, they were going to offer, offer a service around doing product design. And they were the ones who actually introduced me to crystal to begin with. So it's yes. kind of a conv convoluted way yeah. of getting there. They've since decided they don't want to do product design. So they send a lot of people to Crystal or other yeah. people like, like her. Yeah. Um, so I guess one one takeaway, you know, for those listening would be, you know, it's not just about trying to find the me's of the world. It's yeah. who else might refer you to me because yes. they don't want to do this work or they're not capable or it's not their business, but they need people like they yeah. doesn't want me to have no idea and talk to a factory they work with and waste their time. They want right. Crystal or whoever to yeah. go and and um, shepherd that process and make it less painful for everybody. So 
Uh, I love, yeah, I love this insight so much. I talk frequently about like, where can you create a funnel, right? Again, like don't, not just looking directly for you, the individual brand, but like connecting with factories, connecting with freight forwarders. That's a great one I hadn't thought of that are then in like, they're the kind of the middleman, right? With talking to all these brand owners and then they can funnel you those clients. That's brilliant. I love it. Well, and I think it also is easier because if someone comes directly to me, I don't know them. They're not, I can try to research them, but mm -hmm. I may not be looking for anybody. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mm -hmm. not. Whereas if you find someone who can refer you now, they've mm -hmm. already, someone's already said something good about you. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably going to be a lot more receptive to talking and yeah. hearing about what you can offer. Yeah. And I think from a, you know, I, at my heart, you know, I'm a salesperson. And so <laughs> how do you, how do you sell yourself? Well, it's even better if someone else does the work for you and then you just totally. kind of close the deal. Yeah. And you're in a position, like you said, instead of someone reaching out blindly to you, which people do and does work, but working with Silk, the freight forwarder, they then are introducing you to the freelancer in a time when you actually need it. So not only is the freelancer then validated by that introduction, the timing is right, which is a challenge um, when you're trying to find the work, right? So, okay, so you met Crystal through that connection. Um, have you gotten other freelancers through them as well? Um, so not directly through Silk, but through Crystal. Um, there's a couple of other folks she works with um, who, like a pattern maker and, you know, who's also in Dallas. And so, you know, from time to time, we'll get samples shipped to Dallas. I'll fly out there. We'll get mm -hmm. Crystal, the pattern maker together and go okay. review it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I have gone and used Maker Row before. Oh, Maker's Row. Yeah. Okay. And I've had kind of uh, limited success. And maybe that's because I was going about it the wrong way. You know, yeah. I think, you know, for someone who doesn't understand fashion and has never been in that world at all, just kind of has an idea and wants to figure it out. Like, what is a tech pack? Why is a tech pack important? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you start trying to look at, look for factories as an entrepreneur, that logically makes sense. They're going to make it, but you're really skipping the step of finding these freelancers who can help actually make sure what you want is what you get. And mm -hmm. so, um, <laughs> you know, and I deliberately wore the shirt that I'm wearing, not because it's just part of my brand and part of my style, but it's also, yeah. uh, it's an illustration of that. So I tried to work with a factory that was actually local here in Atlanta Okay. and they make, they make athletic shirts and stuff. And so okay. I figured this isn't really hard. Let's change yeah. the jacket. Let's change the collar stand. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I guess it's, uh, let's see, it's flipped on here, but so they didn't have a tech pack. Yeah. Again, they make these shirts. It should be simple, right? It's, uh -huh. there's not much, we're not looking at like a really complex right. draped garment or something. Yeah. No, but, and so, you know, um, I am a guy, this is a women's cover. Black is it's going the it's, wrong direction. It's, it's backwards. Uh, yeah. the fabric <laughs> is inside out. Wait, what? Of, yeah, that one. Oh I was my like, God. Is there any common sense? Apparently not. So, oh my gosh, that's wild to me. Right. And I mean, so, it is and it isn't, but it's gosh, that's tough. But, you know, I, I think it was a combination of me, you know, having that experience. But then, you know, another, I guess, you know, compliment to Crystal and tip to others is that, you know, for those like me who don't have any experience, right, or very limited experience, or maybe they yeah. were just a buyer, they were never producing. Yeah. I think you need to be able to educate your own customer to the value that you're bringing. Like, I 100% now get why, like, Crystal is a rock star in these tech packs, and 
they're super detailed and there's not a there's no confusion there's no there's like i'm not going to say it's impossible you know knock on wood to misinterpret but it'd be sure. pretty darn hard to do that yeah but i didn't know that like i thought i mean it's a shirt right like it can't be that hard totally and so, and so i think you know when she kind of walked me through the process and and explained it to me that made worlds more sense and also made it easier for me to know okay here's the information you need out of me so that crystal can be yeah. successful yeah i love that because a lot of people um a lot of freelancers who are kind of first starting out they're like oh you know why would somebody pay me like x dollars for a tech pack let's say and if you approach a brand like yourself who's new doesn't you, you're like i've heard tech pack but like what is it actually like what does it actually entail and they just kind of come at you blindly with a price. You're like, why am I paying X dollars for that, right? Um, but the educational component is so valuable to not only convey like what it is that you're getting, but also why it's important. And you had had the experience of things going wrong already. Like you kind of felt that firsthand, which is unfortunate, but like a hard lesson learned. So yeah, that educational component is really valuable. I appreciate you pointing that out. Okay. So it sounds like you've worked almost exclusively with Crystal and then freelancers through that you've gotten connected through her. Correct. And some of my other resources are, are less fashion specific. They, okay. they are freelancers. But, sure. You know, yeah. You can share about design. those. Yeah. So I, there's a woman who I've, you know, I've known for gosh, over a decade and okay. her name's Katie DiGiovanna. She does wonderful work. She's a one woman shop and she's just super talented. She came up with the Rhino logo. Oops, there's Other that. side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did she do like good. all the comic art on your site too? Um, she did a good, a good bit of that. And then okay. the other part that wasn't her, there's a, uh, a web design company up in, uh, in Louisville called Honeywick. Um, okay. a buddy of mine, Jeff, um, runs and they have been awesome. And, you know, in theory, again, Shopify is a simple thing, right? But getting it actually like set up correctly <laughs> <laughs> is uh, maybe a, a slightly different thing. And, you know, yeah. they have resources on graphic design and like the illustration and then just doing the layout. So, yeah. uh, you know, it definitely takes a village. And in theory, I might be able to do a good bit of this. But the reason why I want to pay someone back to your, like, why would someone pay me to do a tech pack is because yeah. it's not my value add. Yeah. You know, it's not what I'm going to be good at. I know what it should look like, but yeah. I don't know how to format, you know, whatever, if it's an Excel or whatever. Sure. And I need to be going and making connections with like country clubs that I might be selling to. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to be trying to figure out like, okay, where exactly should this logo go? Or, yeah. you know, trying to even communicating with the factory even, because I'm probably going to confuse them more than I am <laughs> clarify anything. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, I, I hear people talking all the time about like, what's your zone of genius and like focus there, because that's where you can have the most impact. You have limited mental bandwidth, you have limited physical time. So focus on your zone of genius and outsource the rest. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been smart about doing that. Um, okay. So what in, and I, I would love to talk about just general experiences with freelancers and, and, um, in some of these stories, you can name names or not name names, depending on maybe the example. Um, for people out there listening, you know, you're essentially a one man show, right? Other than these freelancers and consultants that you might be working with. Uh, so from that perspective, I'd love to hear some of the really good 
things that freelancers are doing, like maybe stuff that's like surprising and delighting you, or like just maybe simple things that are like making your life so much easier that someone might not really think about, right? Those little nuances. Um, and then also maybe some things that you're like, oh, this is kind of frustrating or gosh, it would have been easier if you did this. And again, that's where you've mentioned a lot of people. So I, you know, <laughs> we could be sensitive about maybe some of the negative things, but just like your perspective of, of hiring and working with these people, what's that experience like? Yeah. So um, as you alluded to, I've been lucky in the the current folks that I work with to have a, have a great team. Uh, and I think one of the common threads amongst all of them, whether they're purely fashion or not, is communication. Mm. Um, you know, just just little things, keeping me updated. You know, for example, with Crystal, we just do like a 15 minute check in every week. It's just partially a sanity check. Like we've got <laughs> a bunch of things going on. This is not just my only you know, business, I have other things, it's just easier to do that. Or like, you know, with Katie, for instance, on the graphic design, okay, here's what I'm going to have it. Let's say things get delayed. Just tell me it's not necessarily a big deal. Mm -hmm. It usually isn't a big deal, but mm -hmm. it is when you're expecting to get something and you don't get it. So mm -hmm. I'd say over communicate and have a, have a strategy around that really from a client side is extremely helpful to have. Yeah, I mentioned earlier with Crystal, you know, the education process, mm -hmm. showing me tech packs that she had done before and, you know, walking me through like, here are all the little details. And that was helpful for me in terms of, okay, like here are all the things that I've got to think about. It's not just, well, you know, I make the collar stand and the plaque at a, a pattern mm -hmm. and, you know, I put a rhino on the back, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of other things to think about. And again, yeah. this may not be true of every client that every freelancer has. It may be I know exactly what I want. I just need you to execute it. Yeah. Um, but certainly doing that. And then I think, you know, I think if you're the freelancer, I think how am I solving the client's problem, right? Yeah. Like you are yeah. at the end of the day, it's you're really a solution provider, right? Yeah. So what is the solution? No one necessarily just wants a tech pack. They want to get something yes. made, right? So <laughs> yeah, I could have the coolest tech packs in the world. And if I can't get it to the factory or they don't understand it, or I can't, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. having a great car with no tires. Yeah. Um, so understanding that. So for instance, initially I was like, well, you know, maybe I should communicate with the factory or be looped in. Then I realized that that is a, not a good use of my time. And B, I'm just going to muddy the water, not make it any clearer. Yeah. Let Crystal do that. And, yeah. you know, that wasn't her trying to be pushy or say, hey, let me like upsell you on the service. It's just like, I think this would make your life easier. And I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you if you figure out what are the pain points for your client and then offer solutions to them, you know, it's never it's never <laughs> just it's usually never just as simple as like, I just need a tech pack or it's not you know, it may be make a pattern. Okay. But, you know, try to understand, well, what are you going to do with the pattern? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just go, go further than just doing what, you know, what's instructed and kind of think through what is the end result? Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I love that so much. I, I talk a lot about focusing on problem solving results, benefits, right? It's not just a fashion flat. It's not just a tech pack. It's not just a pattern. Like what problem are you solving? What benefit is that going to give to the client? How do you make their life easier, right? Just even sometimes something as simple as like peace of mind, knowing that like, okay, you know what? I'm actually, I trust Crystal. She can do all the factory communication. I'm going to just back out of that. And I have the peace of mind. Like I can sleep at night and not think, is it getting done right? Or like freaking out, right? Those are really stressful moments. So I appreciate all that. I also really want to 
emphasize the comment on Crystal bringing you the example tech pack initially and walking you through that. I think there's a lot of freelancers out there who, when they're first getting started, they get very fearful um, because sometimes this is how the fashion industry can work. You know, people go in for interviews and they're asked to do like trial projects or something and they do these projects, they don't get the job. And then the brand actually winds up making their designs and they see them in the market like six months later. So it can be a little shady, right? So I think people get really sensitive to like, oh gosh, well, I can't show them my amazing proprietary tech pack format because then Ted's just going to take it and he's going to record the video or take screenshots and then he's just going to do it himself. And like, okay, well, you could. Most brand owners and most people are not here to do that. Correct. Well, and also it's unfortunate that people act that way, but were they ever going to hire you in the first place, the I know, maybe, maybe no, you know, yeah. I think you could be a little bit whimsical with it. Right. So it doesn't have to be necessarily a, a truly real object. I mean, I think we're about to go into the summer of Barbie, create an outfit yeah. from there. Right. It doesn't need to be, everyone's already doing it. So it's not like you're creating yeah. something that's infinitely new, but you can focus on the details or take like one item. Right. And yeah. you can showcase all the little bits and pieces without it yeah. being something you're worried about. If they Somebody's take it, stealing. Yeah. Yeah. You're almost basically just showing like to make that Barbie jacket or whatever, this is what yeah. it's going to take. And here are all the details. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will say, you know, you asked about some of the negatives, right? Um, the, the biggest one that comes to mind for me, and I think it can be really hard is telling, you know, I'd like to think I'm exciting and charismatic and smart and all these great things, but yeah. telling me like I, either my expectations are unrealistic uh, or no, that's really not how, like, I think you got to have a bit of a backbone with your clients, not to say, well, we'll try to make this work. Like, no, 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 you really need a tech pack. And I think mm. with both of the first two factories I worked with, if I may have been a little bit annoyed, but I would have had a much better outcome from it. If they had just said, no, you really need to do it this way to do it right. So yes, it, it might feel like you just have to get every client and you have to do whatever they ask you to do, because the client's always right, which mm. I, don't always, I don't always agree with. Um, you're doing them a disservice by kind of half halfsy doing it. Yeah. Um, and that that was probably the hardest part for me. It's not not that I'm, you know, I don't value a tech pack. Um, it's just that I didn't even know, like, it seems so simple. Why would I need to do this? And, you know, as a freelancer, they need to say, no, here are really the steps you need to do and be willing not to take a customer which again, yeah. is probably really hard when you're starting out and you're totally get anybody like, I don't even care. Yeah. I don't even do this kind of drawing, but I'll figure it out. We'll get back to the episode in about 20 seconds, but real quick, if you're scared to freelance in fashion without a steady paycheck, I want to show you exactly how to get a full list of clients so you can pay your bills and so you don't get your hopes up and then have to go right back to the fashion job you hate. I share it all in my free limited time training, how to freelance in fashion. Even if you're terrified, you don't have all the answers. Get instant access at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it in the show notes. All right, now back to the episode. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. You bring up almost like like the factory in a way, they're a service provider, right? So they're not like a freelancer per se, but at the end of the day, it's the same type of relationship. You're paying them to solve a problem, to do some type of service for you, to deliver some value or benefit. In this case at the factory, right? It was manufacturing these garments and they were just like, yeah, let's go full steam ahead. And that leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. So 
having that backbone, that confidence to stand up to the client and say, actually, no, this is the way we need to do it. And here's why, if we don't do it this way, like painting the scenarios, right? If we don't do it this way, these are the things that can and likely will happen. If we do do it this way, like, yeah, maybe it's going to cost a little more money up front because you got to pay for the tech pack, but here's why you need it. Again, that educational component. I imagine you didn't continue working with that factory, but yeah. Uh, No, I I did not. And then, you know, the other thing too, (laughs) right, is that one factory was in Mexico, one was in the US. I talked to other people in Asia kind of broadly, yeah. right? But, you know, yeah. so sometimes it's like, well, this, you know, there's a language barrier, right? Yeah. And, you know, in the case of the one in Atlanta, I mean, no, that wasn't, I mean, I went there, I sat across the desk and I had, and still, I, I showed it, and still it got so, so side, it wasn't even a little sideways. It was a lot of sideways. And so it's just, you know, having, having something, a source of truth to go off of. And, you know, I think also for these freelancers, you know, document what you're doing and make sure you take good notes. Like it's yeah. not completely CYA, but it does yeah. help. Yeah. God forbid a relationship goes sour or someone's not quite as happy with it. Well, it, here's the input that I heard from you. Did I, did I not understand you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can, kind of, you can kind of triage that versus, well, no, I thought you said that. And then it becomes a defensive, you know, verbal battle that nobody wants. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like that was some of what happened with the factory in Atlanta. Yeah. It's painful. Perhaps, perhaps we're not pointing fingers. So that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm still kind of stuck on the whole placket thing. Cause like, that's just so fundamental for like men's versus women's. And like, as soon as like a guy or a girl put something on, like you wouldn't even like think of it initially, but you feel it. You're like, wait, this feels weird. Like, why does this feel backwards? Like doing a zipper or a buttons, like the placket, right. On the opposite directionality. So talk a little bit about like, okay, so that's interesting, right? You're first like, oh, well, there's no language barrier and they're local. Like that sounds like it's going to be great. And that's not always the everything that you need. So on that same sort of vein, Crystal lives in Dallas. You live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that remote. Like is she, I am, and her is a pattern maker also in Dallas that's mm-hmm. working with you guys? Okay. Yes. Um, and so all the fittings and everything is like kind of happening over there and maybe jointly, but I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the process because people really get a little hung up when f- in fashion, you know, there's such a tangible component. It's not like building a website about like the logistics of working remote and, and how that works for the freelancer as well as the brand. Like, what does that whole scenario look like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit lucky in that, um, you know, I, I deliberately, not just out of necessity, go to visit Crystal. My brother happens to also live in Dallas. So it's kind of uh, a, okay. <laughs> a, a two for one combo, but let's yeah. just pretend that he's not there for a second. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, you know, there's definitely parts, a lot of it we can do remotely yeah. and get on a Zoom and it's, it's normal, it's easy, it makes sense. Um, to your point, like the fittings and stuff, we did one virtual fitting, uh, you know, it sort of works, but it's, it's just really hard, right? It's hard to get dimension and scale. And is the video flipped or, you know, there's just different variables of that get introduced and you can't really see like, how was that shirt pulling or, you know, is the sleeve really the right length and measuring? So, you know, I, I think being willing to meet in person whether that's the client comes to you, you go to the client is, mm-hmm. is important. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to happen all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think most of the time you need to be in the same place as them, but there are times when it absolutely matters. And there's some stuff where, you know, with, with fabric, it'll get sent to Crystal. She'll check it out and be like, and then send on the ones to me that she thinks I should go check out. Okay. I don't need to, I don't need to fly out and go necessarily yeah. feel, feel fabrics, but when it's yeah. like it, when it's a sample, right. That's a whole, whole different ball game. 
you yeah. know, the other way to get around that, right? So again, if if it's all about me at the end of the day, yeah. bless my heart. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sampling off of myself, which is probably a dangerous, not good. I was going to ask practice. if you're the fit model. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, which, yeah. which is great. But I know, like, part down. of your whole thing is like building these clothes for men of like certain build. Yeah, it's just, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you're small, big, wide or tall, trying to make things that are, I guess, just more, more inclusive. Um, yeah. You know, it's a little bit easier for guys, I, I feel like just yeah. from a body shape standpoint. Yeah. Um, But, you know, one thing that I could, let's just say I, that Crystal was in Bangkok, I don't know, just to make sure. up somewhere, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, the other thing you could do is you, there are fit models and you can hire them in that city. And then me as the brand owner doesn't need to be there. So I yeah. think from a freelancer standpoint, have other resources available. Again, you're solving the problem. My yeah. problem is I am not in Dallas. Okay, so what are the ways to change that? Either I fly to Dallas or you find a fit model in Dallas for the, whatever sizes I'm going to make. Yeah. And then, hey, I can do the Zoom. Since I'm not doing the tech packet, I'm not trying to check and make sure that this is within a quarter inch spec of yeah. you know, my tolerance. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know exactly where to measure. You know, you know your terms. Yeah, well, I know just enough to be dangerous. Don't let yeah. me, don't let me fool anybody yeah. listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's less important. So there's, you know, that's a way where, again, you can solve a problem that it may not be obvious, but hey, go find a fit model. We don't need you to come out here. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'd, I wouldn't ever want to go out there, but that's yeah, another yeah. way to, way to solve it you know if that's the case yeah I always talk about too um because people get really hung up on like the technical design component doing that remotely and so like you said so like the fabric swatches which is not necessarily a technical component but like she'll send on to you what you want what you can look at or you've gone to Dallas you know but another option it really just kind of depends on the client at the end of the day is just having the factory cut and sew two samples and send one to each, right? So at least you're kind of like, all right, we're looking at the same thing. We might not be in the same room and you put it on your body and she puts it on a fit model body out there. And obviously your bodies are going to be different, but in a way it's almost like, okay, great. Well, now we're fitting it on like two different bodies to see how this works. And you, the client are having the peace of mind that you're like, okay, I'm seeing this in real life. It feel good, not just on the zoom and it's reverse and stuff. So that's an easy way to get around it. Right. I always say like, it's a little extra sampling costs, but like, if you can't absorb that as a brand, then <laughs> maybe, maybe different issues. Yeah. Maybe, maybe bigger issues. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and that's a good point too. You know, whenever I go sample stuff, I try to do at least two. So I yeah. do one, do one for me. So, uh, you know, traditionally people will call it double X. I don't like, you know, the size label. So a rhino is double X in, in my terminology. Um, oh, I love you guys did that. That's really fun. Yeah. And so a rabbit is medium, starfish is small, so on okay. and so forth. And That's so I'll fun. Do, yeah. do, you know, a rhino and a rabbit. And so then I have someone else who's, you know, that medium size. Okay. So they can go try it and, yeah. and see that. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, sometimes it's not just like it's one thing to get the size right for you, but then you got to grade the stuff. You had to whole... make sure. Yeah, totally. If you're doing it, once you're like ready to go into production, you got to do a whole size run and make sure it gets smaller and larger accordingly. Mm -hmm. So I always say like, people don't get taller just because they get wider. Like you can, you don't just like globally, like enlarge the whole thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, okay. So you guys have totally made it work. 
and you've gone out there to visit her, which is great and meet the pattern maker. So that's fantastic. Any like last closing tips or advice or ideas or strategies you could share with people out there who are interested in working with brands like yours? A lot of people in freelancing are really all about like the small independent startup, like getting these really cool grassroots ideas off the ground. Um, what else might you offer them? Let's think. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I've been wildly helpful on the, you know, how do you go and, and find your client? But like I said, you know, I, I think, sure, you can go out like on Instagram and follow a brand that you might like and you can offer up your services mm -hmm. or you can post, hey, here are things that I'm designing or working on. It's kind of a way to entice people. Um, yeah. But I guess I'd go back to what I said earlier. You know, it's, think of yourself as a solution provider, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, what what is the end goal? I want to make a product and I want to make it successfully. Um, and some of that's also too, like Crystal has been very helpful with what price point do I really need to hit? Like if I'm going to mm -hmm. retail it at this, mm -hmm. where do I need to get it, you know, delivered, duty paid in order for that to even make sense yeah. and what's even possible. And so I, yeah. I wouldn't, as a freelancer, I wouldn't be afraid I wouldn't assume that your your client knows everything and say, hey, I would suggest this to you. You mm -hmm. may already have in your head this and just be willing to justify it. And hey, I may I may overrule you. I may not. But yeah, I may not. I may not think about it. And then for someone else, you know, just ask questions. If they're they've been in the industry, they they give you kind of a bullet point of here's what we want. Yeah. Just confirm. Okay, what's the price point? What are you doing? You know, and maybe yeah. hey, have you thought about this yeah. um, to add, add value? Yeah. Um, again, you don't want to be, you don't want to ever be a commodity. And I don't, a tech pack can certainly seem like it. In sure, it can, for sure. But a tech pack is as much about, I guess, translating ideas and vision into reality as anything else um, beyond just simply measurements. And, you know, it's this kind of cotton poly mm -hmm. blend or whatever, whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's a very interesting, exciting world. You know, I, I enjoy working with freelancers. Just it's fun to get to know the people, right? You know, it's not just some big company. It's yeah. more real. You know, and one other thing, and uh, that that I've done with Crystal before. You know, my background is sales and business, and Crystal right. is really great at the fashion stuff. But yeah, she doesn't have as much of the business background. So at times, we've actually said, "Listen, why don't we just swap hours for hours?" We basically barter. Yeah. Uh, times, like, hey, I can help you with your business because. Again, who knows what your client might be able to help you with, right? We all yeah. have we all have our blind spots. And if you don't, you're just naive, you know. So how can you help each other? And I, I wouldn't be afraid to ask people that, particularly if they're a smaller brand and they're doing a lot of this themselves. Budgets are, you know, this is not Ralph Lauren with yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. $20 million ad budget, right? <laughs> Sexy Ted's ad budget is just a little bit smaller than that, yeah. right? So how do yeah. I how do I maximize? How do I trade? Okay. Hey, listen, can you work a deal? And then I'll make these shirts for say the web design company, right? You know, be, yeah. be, be creative and offer solutions, you know, trading hours, isn't going to pay childcare bills. I get that. No, right, right, right. But you can use it at times to enhance the value for both parties. Totally. Um, if you can't share, that's fine, but I would be really curious, like what sort of, is it like, business tips around growing her freelance business and that sort of thing like um, consulting yeah. on that level or and if you don't if you're not comfortable sharing that's fine too no no not at all well you know i i came to crystal having a need right and then i yeah. discovered she's like the greatest person uh, I've she's met so in a great long yeah. time like yeah. <laughs> full of energy and yeah awesomeness like She's literally, uh, she's like Tigger. She just is like exuding energy and you just like want to, 
talk, you feel better talking to her. So, yeah. but I also, you know, I have a business, I just can't shut it off. And so, you know, when I went out to Dallas and like met with her for a day and then I started talking, well, what do you do with other clients? And she's like, well, I'm doing this and that, you know, and she was trying to figure it out. So, well, hey, listen, like, I like thinking about like, what's the business model and how do you structure it? And like, you know, how do you show your value, which she has tons of. Yeah, massive. Yeah. But it's just, you know, just as I like, yes, I have a master's in finance. I know how to use Excel and most tech packs <laughs> we set out to you are in Excel. Does that mean yeah. I can do a tech pack? No, <laughs> of course not. Right. Does that mean fashion for- designers can balance a budget? Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but for Crystal, it was more, I think it's really hard when you're by yourself. And this is true for me. It's true for Crystal. Yeah. It's true for a lot of people that like you get so focused on your own little thing. Just having someone else to mm-hmm. A, if nothing else, share in the misery of like <laughs> being, being a solo entrepreneur or a small business, right? And two, they're just going to see it differently because they they aren't you, right? And I mm-hmm. think that's that's helpful. And so that's where it was like, hey, why don't I why don't I help you talk through your business problems? Because not problems, but like, how do you keep growing and doing this awesome mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. where, you know, I also understand it because I am your client and I can see mm-hmm. the value, but I can mm-hmm. also help you figure out, you know, how do you want to grow and how do you want to scale? And, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing? Yeah. I love that. I, that I'm, so I love these unstructured conversations because we never know. I mean, I never in my head would have thought, oh, well, and then how are you consulting her? <laughs> um, but it's so true, right? Like everybody has their own expertise, their own experience, their own perspective and value to offer. And again, sometimes it is just like seeing it from the outside. We can get, especially, you know, <clears throat> working independently as many freelancers do, we're in vacuums and it's hard to see the forest for the trees or is that the saying I think that would kind of be the right that, that's absolutely it. and just you know make sure you have a, a network of people to balance yourself out yeah and even the woman Katie she lives here in Atlanta we go catch up for lunch we're you know she does work for me we're also just friends it's just good to yeah. hear hey how are you doing like yeah even if we have nothing that's going on and so yeah. you know keep your keep your mental sanity because uh, <laughs> it's, it's very valuable and once you lose yeah. it it's hard to get it back yeah, um, for sure. And, and just, you know, keep people around you because it's easy to get just sucked into your own little world and grinding away and not looking up and yeah. talking to people. So. Yeah. And you just have no, you just, you get your blinders on. You have no idea what you're missing. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, dear listener, go follow sexy Ted, sexyted.com, right? That's where everyone yeah. can connect with you. Okay. And then I'll, I'll end the interview with the question. I ask everybody at the end, no pressure, but <laughs> what is one thing people never ask you about working in the fashion industry, which now you do that you wish they would. Ooh, that is a good question. <laughs> They don't ask me. I think I think you might have stumped me here. I don't know. I mean, I, I get a lot of when I say that I'm I'm a fashion designer. People first of all kind of look at me sideways and <laughs> say, "Did I mishear you?" It's really loud in here. Um, <laughs> yes, you know, I'm I, a fashion designer. I'm sexy Ted, and they're right. like, "Wait, I got to talk to this guy. He's interesting." Right. You know, I, I'd say it's it's less what you know they don't ask, and just more. I I enjoy explaining to them like kind of all the different little steps that it takes to get from an idea to a tech yeah. pack to the factory to shipping it over to dealing with customs and multiple vendors and understanding yeah. different areas and how it's really I don't think as a consumer people appreciate Mm-mm. how much goes into the supply chain mm-hmm. of, of making anything 
yeah. um, let alone close. And so, yeah. you know, I, I enjoy explaining that. And I guess people don't ask as much, you know, they usually ask, where do you make stuff? Or, sure. you know, have you thought about trying to make in the US? Yes, I have, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it's not to say that it couldn't work. Also, my scale is just really small. And maybe I can bring it back on shore when I'm bigger, but that's yeah. just not a reality right now. So yeah, um, yeah I'd say it's, I, I enjoy talking about that whole, like, it's kind of amazing that we can actually get the stuff done. Like yeah. a small person can go and get a hundred run shirt, you know, of polos made in India and yeah. shipped across the world and yeah. into a, you know, online store or country club near you. So yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of, one of my angles with the whole industry. And, and I always kind of reword the question because people do get stuck on it, but I, I like it because it solicits good answers. But, um, you know, if you're sitting down to have drinks or coffee with somebody, like, what would you love to share with them about working in the fashion industry that maybe they don't ever ask? And so that was kind of what it was, right? Like the nuances and the logistics of like, how do you actually get from this idea or napkin sketch, right? To like this garment. And it's not like nobody ever thinks about the every teeny tiny step and all the hands that are involved. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then you got to make a whole business case around it. That's just yeah. like you get it manufactured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought this was supposed to be fun and easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it weren't a challenge, would it really be that fun? Mm, I, I'm willing to try it at least once to see and then answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it was lovely chatting and getting to know you, Ted. Thank you so much for all the insights you shared with the listeners. And um, I'm excited to watch you and, and Sexy Ted, your business grow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Fashion Designers Get Paid podcast. If this episode inspired you in any way to get out of the mass-produced rat race and get your fashion career out of the hands of toxic corporate bosses, just like one of my students did, Alexandra, who makes more money in one day of freelancing than she did in two weeks at her old industry job, Yes, true story. I'd love to help you take control of your own destiny as a freelance fashion designer or TD, PD, pattern maker, etc. Get instant access to my free limited time training at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it up in the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. We release new episodes every Monday to help inspire you for or help you get through the week ahead. You got this. Me and my team are rooting for you.